lovely to have you with us this morning. Um, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, we had a, we, I believe many people in the room had a genuine encounter with God. And uh, this month of January is all about each one of us having an encounter with God in a new and a fresh and a vibrant way. You know, just um, the old going into another new year, but actually encountering God at the beginning of this year to project us through what he wants to do in this coming year. So I just really, if you weren't here last week, have a listen online. You can go on Spotify or the church app um, or whatever other device you got that gets us to preach. Um, have a look on it, have a listen to it, and um, I trust that God will uh, bless your life, even when it was a word preached a week ago. Do you know what? There's a, the word of God is timeless. And um, I, I, you know, there's certain messages that I listen to that were preached 20, 30 years ago. In fact, when you open the Bible and you see what Paul preached, uh, it's 2,000 years ago, and yet it's still changing lives today because the Word of God is a timeless Word. So this morning, um, I guess in many senses, being the beginning of this week, I'm so excited because in many senses, this week in the family church calendar is such an exciting week to go into. Um, I guess it depends on your perspective, but this is a week where we start a week of fasting. Now, I know your spirit person, the spirit of who you are, is so excited about that. Um, you may be dealing with the flesh right now that says, no, I've still got Christmas, Christmas food to eat, or I've got, I've got mince pies I want to get through, or boxes of roses, whatever. Depending where the, the soul is, remember your soul and your spirit will war against one another. Your spirit is longing for you to fast this week. Your soul is saying, no, I really don't. Um, but you just need to shut the soul down and go with your spirit, okay? Your body may cry out a little, oh, I'm hungry, rumble, grumble. Um, but this is a week we're going uh, to fast. Um, it's optional. that We're not saying you must fast, um, but we're encouraging you. What we're calling this is an encounter fast. Um, we, we can, you can fast for all manner of reasons. I want to draw near to you, and we could call that a, a drawing closer to God fast, or we can ask for wisdom, and we want to hear clearly what the Spirit of God is saying. That kind of, but we're actually saying this is an encounter fast. We want you to encounter the presence of God in a new and meaningful way. So starting tomorrow morning, you may have started today. Today is Sunday, first day of the week, um, but you may be going into your week as in Monday. Feel free to fast however you feel, whether that's one meal per day or whether that's a whole day without food, and then you alternate the day. You, you seek God how you want to do it for yourself. Um, there are some who will say you can fast social media. I am of the belief the Bible didn't have social media back then. And when the Bible talked about fasting, it was about the belly um, and the cravings of the belly. Um, and so I would encourage you, if you want to fast social media because that takes your time, do so, but not do it alongside food, all right? Okay, good. Um, if you're on medication, I, I sent some information out this week. If you're on medication, it says to eat before, you've, before taking medication. Do what you've been, been told to do. Don't just take tablets and, and then there's nothing to digest it with. You know, just be sensible about this. Um, and don't go for a week without drinking any water because you won't be here next week. 
any other questions about fasting, please ask me, right? Um, but I think it's really important that we do it with wisdom. Um, and, you know, what we've got to remember is you, however long you fast for, you're never going to twist God's arm behind his back to do what you want him to do. This is about us coming in line with him, with his purpose and his will for our life, okay? It's really important that we have a bit of an understanding of that. Also, this coming Thursday night, we're having a prayer and encounter night. Uh, we're tagging the word encounter onto everything. So we're going to come here on Thursday night and we're going to pray and, and just trust God for an encounter with him. So uh, if you've got a heart to pray, if you've got a heart to be in fellowship and, and be amongst those that are praying, uh, we're going to be here at 7.30. So 7.30 to 8.30. Or it may be 7.30 onwards. We'll see how the evening goes. Um, but please feel free to join us here on Thursday night. And then next Sunday, we're going to have a worship and encounter uh, Sunday. So we're really looking forward to this week. But what above all those things that we are doing as a church, my heart's desire is that you encounter him. You encounter him in your workplace as you're walking the, uh, to the shops, whatever it is that you are consciously thinking, God, I want to encounter you. That may be in your shopping, that may be at the workplace, it may be doing uh, your, your, the, the normal duties of what life looks like in your home. But you can encounter him anywhere, at any time, at any moment. And I just trust this week that you, you find that place of connecting with God. Don't be a spectator. Don't, don't go come back next Sunday and hearing what God has done, thinking, I wish I'd been there. You know, it's like going to a football match. You know, I guess like Southampton playing, playing Man City. I know of a, of a Southampton supporter who didn't attend because they've been doing so badly. And then they beat Man City and wish they'd been there. Can you see the, you know, your football team, maybe somebody else? Okay, I understand that. But can you imagine this? It's an incredible moment and you missed it. Don't miss what God is doing this week, all right? Great. So the title of my message this morning is this. What will stop you from encountering the presence of God? What will stop you? Not, not, what, not we're not going to be stopped. Actually, God is not going to be stopped. But what is going to stop you as an individual from encountering the presence of God? And I think if we can find out what things may hinder us, what, may thing, what things may get in our way or, or distract us, then it will help us to focus on encountering him this week specifically. But it's not just for a week. It's for the rest of this year, for the rest of our life. It's about God encounters. I, 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 as I was considering this morning, I was thinking about Moses and how Moses had had, 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 he had, had a call of God upon his life. He knew God's touch upon his life. And then he tried to bring the flesh into what God had said. And because he was moved by the flesh, things began to go wrong. And in that moment, he's, he's out. He's, the Bible says he's in the backside of the desert. In other words, he's in the deepest, darkest recesses of the desert looking after a few sheep. What, what would that look like for me and you? We feel like we're in a wilderness. We feel like we're so distant from God. We feel like there is nothing really happening in our life. 
But you know what? God hadn't finished with Moses. And he had an encounter. And there before him was a bush that was burning, but wasn't being consumed. There was a God moment. There was a God encounter. And for some of us in the room, we need that kind of encounter afresh where the the burning heart of God is revealed to us afresh. And, and, And the Bible says, and Moses, this isn't what I'm preaching this morning, this is just what came to me. And Moses, the Bible says, turned and looked at what was happening. Do you know what? Before you encounter God, you've got to determine to turn from the normal things that you're doing in life from those normal everyday experiences. Let's turn and face the things of God. Let purpose in our heart. This is what I would always do, but today I I would normally do breakfast at this time of the day, but I'm going to fast it. See, don't just fast. Otherwise, that's just as a diet. Or you're denying yourself. That's called pittance. No, penance. That's Penance is is pittance. Uh, It's not going to do you any good. But when you fast and pray, the time that you would take to cook your breakfast, to eat your breakfast and to wash it up, you've turned aside and said, God, I'm giving this time to you. In worship, in word, in just being in his presence. So Moses turned aside and saw the wonder of God, the encounter. Then God spoke to him. That's what every one of us can experience this week that God will speak to you. In fact, God not only spoke to him, he empowered him with purpose for his life. He said, this is now what I want you to do. Now you go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That was an assignment for the rest of his life. And he knew that God had called him for such a time as that. I'm, I'm really excited about what God wants to do in your life and mine this week. How he wants to... But you, we've all got to take that moment where we say, I'm going to turn aside from the normal, from the everyday, from my experiences. I'm going to face the things of God. And I'm going to face him full on. So I want us to consider a few things that really, I guess, can... A few encounters in the Bible. Let's go for that first. We're going to look at a few encounters of the Bible. Is that good? That's a good response. Thank you. What I'm going to do, I'm going to read these first. Then I'm going to ask you a question. And then I'm going to pack it out. Is that good? Excellent. Okay, Mark. Mark, Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. And we read these words. These are all going to be familiar to you. You're going to know them inside out. Most of you. Um, from the years that you've been a Christian. This is about the woman with the issue of blood. Verse 27, it says, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. Remember, 18 years she had been in this situation. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? 
I love this picture. I, I, I'm gonna, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to digress, but I love this picture because there was, there was a crowd. They were thronging him. It's like having Alison in the middle of the room and all these people moving around her. And Alison saying, who touched me? Well, there's probably lots of people that bumped into you, nudged you, perhaps even kicked you on the way past. But there was one that touched with the touch of faith. Oh, we can be, oh, I could distract my, I, I, I could preach on this for weeks and, and yet I know there's another series coming. It's wonderful. Everyone in this room has the right to touch him with the touch of faith. Every one of us has the right. On that day, every one of those throng of people had the right to touch Jesus, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free, to be empowered, to be changed, to be whatever they needed. They had the right to touch him, but only one did with the touch of faith. I'm believing there are going to be many others that touch him this week with a touch of faith to the hem of his garment when you're worshipping when you're down on your knees when you're just reading his word see his, he, Jesus and his word are one when you read his word you're touching him with the touch of faith allow that touch to touch you this week I, I'm going to try not to do this alright who touched my clothes his disciples said to him the multitudes are thronging you and you say who touched me And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. We draw from the anointing. It's not only Jesus who walks amongst us and touches our life. We draw from the anointing. You may be wanting, desiring, and hoping for a a manifestation, an encounter with God, but you draw from Him. And as you draw from Him, He will draw near to you. Encounter happens. Anyway, next one. Not now. Not now. Not now. Sorry. Luke 19 says this. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. I love the way it identifies the person. It identifies his character, his personality. What was the biggest thing in his life? It was that he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down, for I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the crowd saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. 
Again, I love this passage of Scripture. Let's go to another one. Luke 5, verse 17. And now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. God was in the place. His power present. His power present. Right now in this room, guess what? The power of the Lord is present to heal. Right now, you can draw from God, touch the hem of his garment. You can draw on the anointed power of God to heal. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. In other words, they ripped up the roof to let this man down. And when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately. He rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they all glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. When God is moving, we may encounter strange things. Let that settle in your heart. When God is moving, we may encounter strange or different to our norm kind of things. I know one or two people have said to me from last week, the noise, the the shouting, the, the loudness. Well, welcome to kingdom rather than English. You know what I'm saying? We will experience strange things. That's exactly what they, that's the way they identify. That's the way they could communicate it. They couldn't articulate, but they said, we've experienced some strange things. Now, if someone got up in the meeting and started running around the room, for many of us in the room, we'll say, that's a strange thing. But strange things happened in the Bible. Now, if someone ran to the corner of the room and started clucking like a chicken, I would rebuke the chicken. All right? Strange things and weird things. There's two different things, all right? 
I've been in meetings where people have clucked like chickens, and it's weird. But there are strange things happen when the presence of God moves. See, if someone started running around the room, it could be because they've just been healed. And we could sit there and say, how dare they be doing this? What do they think they're doing? I'll tell you what, if you had your leg healed or your eyesight restored, you would run. See, I've always had an issue with this. When someone says, I'm, you see them walk up on the stage and they're dragging their leg. I've been crippled for 40 years. I've not been able to walk. And they get healed on stage and they go, thank you. And they walk off. I think, weirdo. You've walked with a limp for 40 years and you've just got healed. Walking, the Bible says the man went walking and leaping and praising God. And we just, we're too English. We're too British. We've got to be kingdom. And that deserves a, a correct response. And the man in the Bible went walking, leaping, and praising God. Encounter, encounter. The Bible's full of encounters. Why should it be ever any different for us today, 2,000 years later? We serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, and I change not. So therefore, the same God that we worship then is the same God who we worship today. We have seen strange things today. Are you ready for some strange things? Or or if strange things begin to happen, will we walk and find somewhere that's not quite so strange? See, I don't want strange for the sake of strange, and I don't want weird for the sake of weird, but I do want the presence of God. There is nothing more in this world that, that I want than the presence of God in his house where we suddenly hear the sound of angels. That was strange today. Where we sense the cloud of his glory moving in this place. Oh, that was strange today. But never judging wrongly, but judging rightly. He's here. I've I've heard ministers. He's here. He's always been here. But perhaps you're not feeling that he's here. So the minister encourages you. He's here. He's not just coming through the side door. He's always been here. Because he, two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of you. I've got one more. John 3, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 1. Then there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This, this was one of the top guys in the synagogue. This, this is one of the most revered people in the religious setting of Israel at the time. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. These four 
encounters. Nicodemus encountered Jesus at this moment. And I love the fact that then Jesus begins to explain, you know, you must be born again, Nicodemus. You must be born again. And Nicodemus is saying, what, how can I be born of, of my mother again? I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of, of, of stature. He said, no, you must be born of the Spirit and of water. You need to be born of your spirit. There are, there are multitudes in our world who are going to a lost eternity because they've never been born again. They've never received the spirit of God bringing life into who they are. We have a message to carry to this world and Nicodemus in this moment encountered salvation for himself. What is the link between each of these encounters? What is the link between each of these? I'm not necessarily asking any hands up, but anybody have a, anyone want to have a guess, an idea? Jesus is the, a link, absolutely. Without him, finish. Alison, you're on the ball today. Well done. Is that because I used you earlier on? You thought, I'm going to focus on this one. <laughs> That is it. In many senses, he, that was the missing link. I'm going to go through them all. The woman with the issue of blood came from behind in the crowd and touched his garment. 18 years, remember, she had this. 12 years, sorry. Thank you. 18 years was the other one. Not the woman, the other, the other guy. 12 years, 12 long years. Not being able to go in public. Unclean was socially distanced from everyone that knew her in a situation where she was entrapped and imprisoned within her own home. And yet she said in her heart, if I but touch the hem of his garment, and she pressed through the crowd. Zacchaeus, he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see him. The four friends carried the paralyzed man and laid him before Jesus. Nicodemus came by night to be with Jesus. Each one of them made the effort to move. And I believe that's so important in our life. That's the first thing that I want us to recognize. If we're going to encounter Jesus, there has to be a step of faith or a personal pursuit. We've got to open up our heart and we've got to say, I'm going to pursue God for myself. But you know what? There are certain things where our soul, remember your spirit is desiring the presence of God. Your spirit will long to worship. Your spirit will long to read the word. Your spirit is in fellowship with God and hears what the Holy Spirit is saying. Your soul your mind, will, and emotion, that processing part of who you are as a soulish individual will cause you to walk at a distance from God. Are we living according to who we are in the spirit or are we living according to who we are in the soul? I've got some soul responses and can we identify with these? Are we preoccupied and distracted by other things 
because every one of these accounts could have been any one of these situations. Zacchaeus could have said, I'm too busy making money. I'm too busy becoming rich because that's what he he lived for. He lived to increase his wealth. I'm too busy with my workload and in fact, I'm too short so I ain't going to get to see him anyway. He could have been so preoccupied that he didn't pursue. And I believe that speaks to a number of people in this room. We have become so busy in other things that we have lost our pursuit of him. We're busy in our work. We're busy in our family. We're busy in life. Anyone talks to me, I say, well, I've been, it's been a busy week. In fact, if I speak to most people, they say, oh, it's been a busy week. What is that? We've become so busy that God hasn't got the center of our life. We've, been, we've become so preoccupied with other things. You may be sitting here today and saying, yeah, that's, that's me. Then there's another P, prioritize. If we're preoccupied and we haven't allowed areas of our life to be in pursuit of him, who is the most important, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then we need to prioritize our life so that he does become our number one again. The next one is this, are we living with passivity? You say, what is that? I didn't know what it was. I heard someone say it and I thought, oh, that's a good word, I like it, I'm gonna go and check that word out. And it, it means the acceptance of what happens without an active response. You just accept what happens without an active response. The woman with the issue of blood, the years that she had been in her condition, it could have been so easy for her to say, I've been like this, I've spent all my money on doctors, I'm growing worse, I am not going to pursue Jesus I'm going to live with passivity. I am going to live with the acceptance of what happens without an active response. Could easily have been her response. I have got used to this. I don't like it, but I have to live with it. I wonder how many of us have said that or it's been said to you, you're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to live with those issues in your family. You're going to have to live with this medication going into your body. You're going to have to live with it. And what you've done is you've got to the place of acceptance of what happens without an active response. But that's not what the Bible shows us. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. Procrastination. I know some of you love that word. (laughs) What is procrastination? It is the action of delaying or postponing something. I know I need to get... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to use this one. Sam will be leaving to go back to Woolwich this afternoon. Um, He goes back... He he comes down for the weekend and then he goes back. And he will, he will often wait until the last 30 minutes before packing his stuff and then legging it out. Well, we actually see that, uh, this whirlwind going around the house. Where is this? Where's that? Where's my train ticket? Where's, uh, and I'm thinking, 
How can you live like that? Now, there may be some other procrastinators in the room. I will get around to doing it at some point. It drives me mad, if I'm honest. I, I like to plan and be well prepared. But do you know what? Procrastination. That could have been the heart of the man on the bed whose four friends pick him up and say, look, come on, we're going to get you to Jesus. He could have been laying on that bed and saying, I've been here for all these years. Nothing's going to ever change. Or they could have picked him up and and reluctantly he says, okay, look, I'm going to go with you because I can't do much. You've grabbed hold of my bed and you're picking me up. But he gets to the house and he could have turned around to his mates and said, look, he's too busy. The house is full. Let's come back another day. Let's, let's do it another day. I'll get real with God another day. I'll put God first place when I'm ready. I'll delay my heart to pursue God for another occasion. But right now I'm just enjoying life, I'm doing life, I'm busy in life. And we can procrastinate and say, will it be another day? I'll tell my neighbor about Jesus another day. But what happens if Mr. Neighbor doesn't have another day? And he goes to work and he doesn't come home. Let's not put off to our tomorrows what we can do today. When it comes to pursuing God, let's not say, I'll come to prayer another day. It's too busy this week with other things. What if God was going to meet you Thursday night? If you knew God was going to meet you Thursday night, would you be there? Would you be there? That's an interesting thought. Because he will be there. He will be there next Sunday. He actually will be there when you open your eyes first thing tomorrow morning. But how often do we go through our every day without giving a second thought to the King of Kings who lives in us? Let's not procrastinate and say, I will meet with God another day. Let's meet with him every day. Procrastination isn't a friend. Today is the day of salvation to everyone who believes. Salvation being wholeness in our life. How about pride? Another P. You have too high opinion of one's own dignity, importance, and superiority. Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the rulers. He was the head guy. He could have allowed his pride and position to stop him from encountering Jesus. He did, in fact, go to see Jesus at night when no one else knew. But he still pursued. He still positioned himself. He still positioned himself to where Jesus was going to be so that he can encounter the living God. Are we allowing pride to dominate our life? I can handle this. I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. I know what's best for me and my family. 
are we allowing pride rather than saying, not my will, yours be done? Church, we all have a choice. Every one of us in this room, we have a choice of what we're going to do with this message, what we're going to do with this week, what we're going to do with our life moving forward. That's the gift that God gave to us. He gave us choice. He gave Adam and Eve choice. He didn't make them as robots. He said, look, don't eat of, don't eat of this one tree in the midst of the garden. Everything else is yours. But they cho- chose to eat because of deception. How many of us are being deceived that all these other things are so important in our life and yet we're missing the main thing? Consider this. We can say, I'm not climbing the tree. I'm not pressing through the crowd. I'm not allowing you to drag me onto the roof. I'm not fasting. I'm not attending a prayer meeting. I'm not coming to worship. But not, by not positioning yourself, are we missing what it is that God is doing? I'm not, saying he's, I'm not saying come to the prayer meeting so that you encounter God. I want you to do that on your own tomorrow. But being at a prayer meeting, we are gathered together in his name. And he's there. It may be the worst prayer meeting going. We may not hit above the ceiling with our prayers. But I tell you what, if he's there, that is all that matters. We may not see tongues of fire and horses of chariots and whatever else running around the room. I'm not here for experience. I'm I'm here for him. And if experiences come by pursuing him, wonderful. But I will climb any tree. I will push through any crowd. And I will do anything that it takes in the pursuit of being in his presence because a moment in his presence can change a life forever it can heal a body forever it can change a circumstance forever I wrote this thing I wrote this down this is my last my last thing to say we serve the living God who appears to ordinary people in ordinary circumstances in order to reveal to them an extraordinary encounter he has in his heart for us. Will you pursue him this week? In fasting, in prayer, in worship. We've got all those set up this week. Will you pursue him? I'm just going to pray just to end the end of this service because I just really feel my heart to give people an opportunity to accept God maybe for the very first time, to return to God and repent in their heart and say, God, I want to, I choose you. I'm going to follow you with all of my life. You know you, you know your journey, you know where you fit in this. For others, it's a case of I'm going to pray again and just empower God over your life this week. So first and foremost, I want us to pray, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. All of you probably know the prayer I'm going to pray. It's called the prayer of salvation, and I'm just going to give you an opportunity to accept and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior in this room today. So pray nice and loud as I pray. Father in heaven, we come to you today, and we thank you for salvation through the cross of Jesus 
That is for every one of us. You save me from my sin and from my failures. And today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that sincerely in your heart and you desire for Jesus to come into your life and to bring transformation and encounter to you today, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, just pop up your hand. Anybody in this room? Anybody in the room at all? Okay, if today you're coming back to him and you're saying, God, I'm positioning you like I've never positioned you before because I want to follow you for the rest of my days without having all the hurdles that I keep falling over. But today I'm positioning you. I'm just going to ask for that response in your heart because God hears your heart right now. No one needs to stand up. No one needs to put their hand up. But God, I'm centering you. I'm positioning you on the throne of my heart so that my focus, my words, my heart, my deeds, my life is at your feet in submission to you. Have your way in me. Father, I pray over every individual in this room. And I pray, Father, as they are being real with you and being open to you, I pray for a God encounter in people's lives. I thank you. Just one look. Just one touch. Just one moment in your presence will change our lives forever Holy Spirit right now fall afresh fall afresh